You are tuning into Pro Bono Perspectives, live from Brooklyn, where the city never sleeps and purpose is more than just a buzzword. Pro Bono Perspectives brings together leaders that have traveled across sectors, industries, and experiences on their path to creating change for the communities in which they live and work. And I'm your host, Danielle Holly, CEO of Common Impact, a national nonprofit that designs skills-based volunteer programs that amplify the impact of social change organizations by harnessing the talents and the skills of private sector employees. I am lucky enough to cross paths with these leaders every day through my work with Common Impact and can't wait to bring you behind the scenes to share their stories. Hi, everyone. Today, I am joined by Cheryl Timoney, who is Salesforce.org's Senior Director of Tech for Social Impact. And for those of you who haven't heard of Salesforce, though, who hasn't heard of Salesforce? Uh, it's a customer relationship management solution that gives all departments, marketing, sales, commerce, service, a single shared view of every customer. And Salesforce.org is the social impact center of Salesforce dedicated to creating solutions for nonprofit, educational, and philanthropic organizations so they can have greater impact. Cheryl herself empowers nonprofits and other change makers to realize the promise of technology to scale their missions and impact important work. And last year, she and her team harnessed the very best of Salesforce's technology and its pro bono talent. Shout out to pro bono talent to help more than 600 nonprofits transform how they use digital tools to power their missions. And she recently launched Impact Labs. As I'm reading this, I'm not sure how she sleeps. <laughs> we'll keep going. Salesforce.org's new community-first approach to innovation combines the digital expertise of skilled volunteers with the on-the-ground experience of nonprofits to co-create digital solutions for the toughest challenges facing the world today. And outside of salesforce.org, Cheryl has supported and does support several organizations as a board member and a volunteer, including currently Community Action Marin, Upwardly Global, which is a fantastic organizations and startups give back. Thank you so much for joining us, Cheryl. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for having me. So do you sleep? I know we have some questions that we want to dive into, but <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I do. You know. I, yeah, I, I try and get some sleep in there here and there, of course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, you know, I think one of the things that has been a common thread in your career and is certainly a force that Salesforce brings to the world is the power of pro bono and talent and expertise. And I would be curious, you know, how do you think about pro bono, the power of pro bono, and why has it felt like an important center of your career? I think the power of pro bono is something I learned along the way throughout my career. I, I started my career in the nonprofit sector. I was really drawn to the opportunity of the of nonprofit work right away after graduating college. I was eager to, you know, have a career in good. And I started, I, I found my first job in affordable housing in San Francisco. And I was working one on one with individuals and families. And I was hearing firsthand, you know, a lot of the frustrations um, that people um, had and, and facing real barriers to a higher, a high quality of life. But I, but I think I also discovered through that work that my own professional skills were more along the line of program design and strategy than direct service. And uh, so moving into program design 
um, continued to work in the nonprofit sector, uh, but was really constantly frustrated uh, by the tension in the sector that I, I know a lot of us experience, which there are never enough resources uh, to do this really important work. So I started kind of pivoting towards philanthropy and and I found myself, found that I had at that point transferable skills to Taproot Foundation and an opportunity to build capacity in the nonprofit sector through pro bono volunteerism. And I think that's where uh, that's where I started to realize um, and discover the power of pro bono. I, I now had a way to kind of harness talent and work with nonprofit organizations and build capacity in a way that I had never experienced myself. That's where I started to get really excited. And it wasn't just the impact on organizations. I was also really impressed by uh, the volunteer experience. So I was working at that point with people who had built incredibly impressive careers and marketing or HR, IT, whatever their fields were, and finding a lot of joy and purpose and and sometimes even second careers for themselves in the nonprofit sector. And um, that stood out to me. And then now working at a company, I I would now say I've discovered the business benefits of pro bono volunteerism. And to me, that's really about engaging and retaining employees through the opportunity to volunteer and building talent along the way and insights into a customer company's customers or, or service or product um, that are transferable for our, our employees in their day jobs. So uh, so I guess that's a long-winded way of saying, um, you know, I've, I've come to realize the power of pro bono through this career journey. And I think it, you know, can be incredibly transformative to the organizations who receive pro bono volunteers um, or pro bono services. Uh, to the people who volunteer their skills pro bono and, and of course, the, the companies who are able to give that opportunity to their employees. When we talk so much about, at Common Impact anyway, at, about the power of pro bono for nonprofits and the capacity building work, which you talked a bit about, but we don't talk as much about the power of it for companies. And it's not just a way to give back, but it really does engage employees in a different way and develop their professional skill set. There's just something at a very human level about giving something that you know, or that you in particular are expert in, or you feel like you've contributed in a different way than if you're giving something that your, your neighbor can give as well. Uh, which is not to say that there's not an incredible need for direct service, particularly at this moment in our world. But uh, there is just something that's very engaging about giving what you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I hear these stories all the time from individuals and professionals who who are really excited about you know giving, like you said, giving what they're good at, giving what sometimes only they have the skills and knowledge to do right, and um, it can be incredibly meaningful and powerful in, in somebody's life and and career. So why don't we talk a little bit about what Salesforce does with pro bono? And I want to get back to that. You said so many fascinating things about your career. <laughs> There's so many questions. Um, <laughs> and I want to go back to kind of your experience along the way in both sectors. But I, I see Salesforce as such a leader in pro bono and community impact from every dimension. Salesforce has, has seemed community first and 
sounds like that is really the culture that lives within. Tell us more about Impact Labs, which I know is a, a more recent recent initiative, a collaborative program to co-design innovative technology solutions to challenges aligned with the UN Sustainable Development Goals that feel so large and hard to tackle. Curious how that program works, what kind of issues Impact Labs is trying to address. We created Impact Labs in part because of the success we had seen in partnering our nonprofit and education institutions on Salesforce pro bono projects. And we also went back and asked our customers and employees, what other ways can, you know, what other ways, what other things can we do to drive innovation through technology to drive social challenges? And some of the themes we heard were the value of convening and bringing our community together to share learnings and insights uh, when they're addressing these complex social challenges. We also heard uh, the need and reinforcement that uh, technical expertise in the form of pro bono volunteerism was of value. So we developed this program with a few key steps, uh, impact lab sources, social issues to work on through our community, through an open call for challenges. And after selecting an issue to focus on, we convene uh, community members with subject matter expertise and lived experience uh, across sectors, nonprofit, public education, and philanthropy to surface the top opportunities for technology intervention. And then we leveraged our Salesforce pro bono volunteers to further research, design, and develop solutions with the goal of uh, distributing the solutions, more making them more broadly available. So we're really drawing on the deep, uh, on the ground expertise of our Salesforce.org community while uh, taking on the cost and risk of innovation that so many, um, so many organizations uh, don't have the resources to do. So for our first focus area, we selected the topic of housing and homelessness. And that was, again, based on the input from our open call for challenges. Anyone can contribute. And uh, we had over 500 responses uh, for topic areas uh, at our launch at Dreamforce a few years ago. And resoundingly, the topic area of housing and homelessness rose to the top, specifically around simplifying coordination across services to provide uh, less friction for people accessing or less friction for people um, experiencing homelessness. And we recently had our first convening. We have an incredible group of those uh, subject matter experts I mentioned. We call them our community fellows. And uh, we're moving along for this topic. We're really um, diving in and looking uh, to find the opportunities where uh, we can amplify and accelerate impact for all the organizations working to solve this challenge. That's really impressive. And you know, it, right now, so we're we're having this conversation in early April. It's almost impossible to have a conversation about any social impact work or really anything in general <laughs> with, uh, without mentioning coronavirus and thinking about coronavirus. How has the situation affected you and your nonprofit partners and what has been the, your response to the pandemic and what seems to be the economic impact that is resulting? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's been a challenging time. You know, my heart goes out to everyone who has been affected, and it feels like that's everyone at this point. I think, you know, these are really uncertain times, and I myself share in the collective unease that I think we're all experiencing. Um, you know, at Salesforce, the top priority of our leadership has been and, and really continues to be the health and safety of all of our employees and customers and stakeholders. And we are actively trying to do our part to flatten the curve. So today I find myself among the many who are navigating what I would call a new work-life balance as I work from home with my family that includes three young children, one of whom I can hear yelling in the background, <laughs> um, which is pretty common at this point. They're joining me on half my calls, I think, during a day, which um, just as a side note, is like something I hope continues, actually, even uh, once we're past this. I love seeing the kids on the calls. Um, and I, you know, I think I know I know this is true for you, too. I think this has come with new challenges and new adjustments, but nowhere near the challenges we're seeing throughout uh, the nonprofit sector for the individuals or families who are on the front lines and directly affected. And, um, you know, I have so much gratitude for all the people who are keeping keeping us and our community safe. Um, in terms of what we're seeing, so our, you know, our nonprofit and education customers, uh, they're really serving uh, the most vulnerable and those most affected by the public health and economic impact of coronavirus. And I think for many, this crisis has really uh, has presented enormous, uh, enormous challenges, right? We've seen fundraising crippled, um, organizations are forced to cancel their events, funders are spooked, uh, universities and schools are struggling to keep connections with their students and move their classes and services online. So, you know, we are, we're listening to our customers right now. We're, um, we're seeing them um, really leaning on each other to navigate the new territory. Um, we're seeing them um, just you know, to put a tremendous response in, in stabilizing themselves, their funding, keeping their employees safe, working, working remotely, and and then and many of them um, trying to determine new models of service delivery. So, you know, I think as this continues to unfold, I definitely anticipate uh, seeing a sustained increase uh, for demand for social and educational services and. The other piece that stands out is just been the incredible energy and drive from our employees, just so much energy around finding ways to help. I've had so many employees from every part of the world reach out. I see them organizing themselves to support our customers. I see them building new solutions. I see them coming up with all kinds of really creative ways to help our sector and um you know, I said this before, but Salesforce employees are just incredible people. And it's been so heartening to witness all the ways our employees and, and people in general are finding ways to help each other. You know, we've been really committed to supporting our customers, which I use customers as shorthand for nonprofit and education institutions. But we've been committed to supporting our customers 
responding to all the pro bono requests. So our pro bono program has always been available to any Salesforce.org customer, anytime, any place, any Salesforce technology needs. So whether it's directly related to um, our customers' coronavirus response or just generally our customers looking to build resiliency through technology adoption, we're really rallying our employees right now um, to engage through the pro bono program in a coordinated and responsible manner. And I think the one thing that has made this uh, a streamlined approach is our pro bono program has always been built to facilitate virtual volunteering. I know as many of us are home, um, shelter in place around the world, Pro bono volunteerism is a real, just lends itself as a really good, uh, a really great way to um, virtually volunteer. And um, <clears throat> especially because we serve a global co community, it's a great way for our employees, no matter where they are, to volunteer with our customers. And, you know, even before this crisis, we see employees from our Singapore office volunteering with universities in Sydney or um, volunteers from Denver, uh, helping nonprofits in London. And so, um, I, you know, this has been a really great way for our employees to volunteer virtually and safely in the, in the response. Um, we've had to pivot a little bit in our events. We used to offer pro bono in-person events. Um, and so we've pivoted a bit to offering that as a virtual experience. Uh, luckily, we had done some piloting last year, um, so you know we were able to to use some of the best practices learned in that pilot to to offer our event um, pretty quickly. And hopefully, this just offers us a way to um, offer more support to more organizations going forward. And that virtual events don't have the same size limitations that um, our geographical limitations that some in-person events do. And then lastly, I'll, I'll just say, you know, you asked uh, about Salesforce. I, Salesforce um, is really doing its part at a local, national, global level. There's a tremendous team uh, looking after uh, all kinds of things, our employee wellness, training and offering free solutions that help all of our customers respond to the crisis and managing our corporate and employee donations to global organizations on the front line. I think part of what you're touching on is that there are paradigms and stigmas that are changing because of all this. And when the crisis has passed from, you know, your kids showing up in the background of your conference calls to really understanding that these virtual volunteer events have been considered non-ideal. And now we're realizing that they're actually more inclusive and have a real place in a portfolio of in-person versus virtual events. I'm trying to see a silver lining and it's hard to see at the moment because <laughs> we're so deep in it. But I do, I mean, when I think about even just earlier in March, before we really, different states started to get these shelter place orders having your kid or your dog show up in the back of conference calls, you know, there were eyes rolls that most people understood. And then, uh, you know, the broader professional world sometimes didn't. And I just think what this is going to do for the perceptions of work-life balance and what's important and what's not uh, is, is going to be powerful. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I like you, definitely looking for the silver lining or positives. And on the one hand, it is, it is nice to have family close and around. And I, and I love, <laughs> I love when I'm talking to my colleagues and, and their kids pop up in the background. Yeah. So speaking of, I would love to back to the beginning of your career and how you got to where you are now when you were first sharing what, where your passion started. So you have worked basically in all sectors and have been exposed to organizations of all size. And now working for a large company in a social impact space, what would you say are the big differences between working for nonprofits and working for a company that is so mission-oriented? Well, I think one of the biggest differences is the level of support for employees and the investment in employee engagement. So whether it's the internal tech support that we can leverage, professional development opportunity, classes, resources, programs, uh, teams around building onboarding programs for new employees, companies have the corporations have the resources that I think nonprofit professionals and leaders often dream about, but can't find uh, sustainable revenue sources to support. And even though I, I find, um, you know, I find that there are differences, I also find that there are quite a few similarities between working in the nonprofit and corporate sector. And, you know, maybe that'll surprise some people because I moved from relatively small nonprofit organizations, less than 100 people to a very large global corporation with tens of thousands of people, I I do find that uh, the pace is the same. And it's for different reasons. So in the nonprofit sector, we're constantly moving fast. There's always more to do, more that needs to be done, and um, often resource constrained to get, get the work done. Uh, but when I started my work at Salesforce, I was a new team and my team was myself, a team of one. And for the first three years, I had no budget and no team. Um, and for me, that was a pretty comfortable place to be. The, the work was really fluid, rapidly changing, uh, but I could find that I could be entrepreneurial and, and really scrappy. Um, and so uh, this quickness of the work environment and an emphasis on innovation um, and the broadness of the mission left me a lot of room to take that get it done approach, which was uh, what I had been accustomed to in the nonprofit sector. Yeah, well, I and I I often think about the folks that because so Common Impact is a nonprofit too, and you know we're an operation now, and we have large corporate clients, so our our culture is very professional. And at the same time, we don't have the decision-making rungs that you that are necessitated by large companies, right? So like I can have an idea today and start to activate it tomorrow and no one can stop me <laughs> or the team, right? Uh, there's something really fun and powerful and inspiring about that. And at the same time, I don't have the technology I necessarily need to support that idea or the, you know, um, the polish on the presentation. I was just talking to a colleague who was sharing that there are entire, I, I didn't know this and maybe Salesforce has it and I'm, I'm just like new to this, but there are entire departments of companies that are dedicated to building PowerPoint presentations where you, you can just send your <laughs> ideas to the 
PowerPoint team and they'll like give you back a polished PowerPoint. I need that. That is the department that I need within Common Impact. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's true. It's true. We have it. I do remember the uh, the first time I was asked to host a Dreamforce session, which again, our, our major conference and customer gathering each year. And I was putting together my PowerPoint, getting ready. And uh, somebody reached out and said, well, make sure, you know, you send your PowerPoint to the XYZ team. And I was just, you know, I had just recently come on board. I was blown away that there was a whole team dedicated to, you know, making sure I had the right colors and um, making my PowerPoint look glossy and fancy. So, yeah, those things, you know, it it does. There are differences. and I think, you know, that, but I find working at a tech company that drive, like I said, to be entrepreneurial and innovative really lends itself to what you experience leading a nonprofit organization, which is coming up with an idea and finding a way to make it happen. And outside of the formal jobs that you've had, you've also been very active in the social sector outside your day job as a board member or as a mentor at local and national organizations. And aside from the how you sleep question, which we started with, how do you think about what you say yes to knowing that you've got plenty of family and professional obligations already on your plate? Yeah, well, one of the many benefits of um, of Salesforce, and and I mentioned, I think I mentioned this before, if not, um, we we all have 56 hours of paid volunteer time off. That's one of our employee benefits, and so that time really affords me the opportunity to take on volunteer work. And and the way that I make choices on the volunteer work that I take on is um, I look for things that keep me give me the chance to stay grounded in why I started my career in the social sector. And that really is about people and mission-driven work that offers people a higher quality of life. So every organization that I'm affiliated with outside my day job gives me uh, a different challenge and a different way and a different, and the opportunity to leverage a, a larger and more diverse network. And I think what's important to me in those experiences is is that I and find those different perspectives and I'm always keeping the beneficiary of our work at the center of all of our programs. But you're right, I you know, I, I am balancing a family. I just had um, my third baby eight months, so I'm really trying to put my family first. It becomes increasingly challenging as my kids grow. Uh, my other two are four and six. So, you know, as their activities and communities grow, I, I, I want to try and make space to be part of their lives and, and their activities. And so ultimately, I, I just try and be honest with myself and, and others on what I can take on and, and really importantly, what I can take on well. What is the best part of your day? At work, if you'll allow me to geek out a little bit, when we first set up our ProVino program matching system, I created this email that I get. Every time a volunteer uh, signs up or raises their hand to take on a project and the email starts with woohoo, because every time um, we make a match, even years later, that is the feeling that I get in my head, uh, the feeling that I feel um, knowing that a nonprofit professional 
who, you know, was probably feeling stuck now has an expert they can work with. And so I, I just love those emails, getting those emails. And, you know, I, I love meeting new volunteers or new partners. I think the nature of this work lends itself to getting to meet just in, incredible change makers and figuring out new ways for us to work together. And, and then at home, you know, it's the kids you know, the baby when I'm done or, or like you said, walking into another room, uh, even in the middle of the day and he gives me a big smile. Sometimes maybe it's just depending on the day, it might just be when everybody's all tucked in and resting and my husband and I can have a little cheers that we made it through the day. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I, I guess right now I, um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for all the good parts and, and really trying to lean in into the uncomfortable parts too. I, you know, I, I find that that's where, uh, where I'm learning the most. I just finished reading the power of moments from the Heath brothers and it's a fascinating book, but what you're, what you're sharing reminds me of it. Like these micro moments that change that if you celebrate them can drive real happiness and appreciation for what you've got. And so that wahoo <laughs> or hooray is one of them, the, the cheers at the end of the day that you made it through and had those moments. Uh, so it, it's just, um, I'm glad I let you break, break the rules with that <laughs> and share <laughs> because as I think it's just really, um, it's powerful and, and certainly resonant with the folks that are doing so much in their social impact work, their business, professional lives, and uh, their family lives right now. So thank you so much, Cheryl, for joining us today and sharing a little bit more about your work and what Salesforce is doing and how you balance it all and how you sleep. <laughs> oh, thank you, Danielle. It's always so nice to chat with you. Stay safe. Thanks so much for listening to Pro Bono Perspectives today. If you like our show and want to learn more, check out our website at commonimpact.org. Leave us a review and tell your friends and colleagues about us. Tune in to our upcoming episodes to hear from everyday leaders using their skills to help their communities.